Again, good morning. So as we celebrate uh, this Thanksgiving Day, I'd like you to think about, you know, Thanksgiving isn't situational or based on circumstance that happen around us. Thanksgiving is not situational or circumstantial. As Christians, I mean, not, don't get me wrong, it's great when good things happen around us and we're thankful, but as Christians, our Thanksgiving goes way deeper than just a situation or circumstantial event that occurs in our life. Because of our baptism, God's Spirit dwells in us if we allow Him to. He dwells in us, and He's eagerly at work with great zeal within each of us to make each of us a house of prayer, to make each of us a house of praise, a house of worship, a house of adoration. This is why we come into this church space. Really, this church, these buildings are meant to be somewhat of a representative of the temples of our bodies, the tabernacle, our hearts. And in that tabernacle and in our hearts, there's an altar where we lay down and offer a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to God Almighty daily. Whether the situations or circumstances go in our favor or not, we thank and we praise the Lord. We heard in our uh, 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 little stanza before the uh, Alleluia, in, give thanks in all circumstances. In Paul, of all people, to say such a thing. You know, without faith, Paul, you would think he's, he's nuts. Like, this guy's crazy. You know, he's shipwrecked, he's stoned, he's beaten, he's cast out of this city, that city. He goes across cold rough sea waters, and he goes from this place to that place, and some places welcome him, some places kick him out. You know, he has nowhere to lay his head. He, he's just going from place to place. But he has the real treasure. He has God within him, and he's satisfied, and he's filled with the spirit of praise. So I, I'd like you to think about your life and the situations and circumstances that you and I face each day from the beginning until today and beyond, we're going to have all kinds of situations and circumstances that come our way that aren't necessarily in our favor, but as believers in Jesus Christ and because of the Spirit of God in us, we can be a people of thanks and praise regardless of what happens around us, regardless of the situation or circumstances. That is, if we believe in Him who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Again, see, our attitude, if it's one of gratitude, that's because we have our eyes fixed on the right prize. We have our eyes fixed on Him who doesn't change. Everything in this world changes, as I always say. The stock market, our health, our family, our friends, our ups, our downs, our emotions change. Thanksgiving's not a situational or circumstantial um, occurrence within us. And it's one thing to be thankful in a superficial sense, and it's a whole other thing to have a genuine, heartfelt gratitude. And that gratitude deep within, I'm sure you've experienced and tasted that. There's nothing more healthy for a human person to be genuinely grateful and thankful from the heart. Not because, hey, you know, when you tell your kid, tell them thank you. You're hoping one day that you won't have to tell them to tell them thank you, right? that they'll just kind of do that on their own. Because they're becoming aware 
heightened awareness, spiritual awareness that it's all gift. You and I wouldn't even be here this morning if God didn't allow us to wake up another day. We have so much to be thankful for. Think about it. We have so much that God has given us. Namely, and most especially, Eucharistia. The word Greek word meaning thanksgiving. The mass, the actual word for mass means thanksgiving. Eucharist in Greek means thank you God, thanksgiving. Christ has come into the world to teach us and school us and tutor us in how to be a people with an attitude of gratitude. And if we have that attitude of gratitude, we're going to draw other people into Christ's heart. Jesus didn't go one moment of his life without being grateful. He was even grateful up on that cross. And so this is why he sent the Holy Spirit upon us to dwell and, if you will, fellowship with our spirit. When the Holy Spirit and our human spirit come together in our bodies, what do you get? Jesus. When the Holy Spirit and our human spirits come together, the Word becomes flesh. That's the whole point of why we honor our Blessed Mother. We venerate and honor her in a very special way because she schools and teaches the whole church of what it means to be human, to receive God and to give God. There's no greater praise and thanks that we can give to God than to give Christ through our bodies, through our conversations, through the way we listen to people, through the way we look at people. Whose eyes do you see? Do you see Jesus' eyes or my eyes? Do you see Jesus listening to you or me? Whose hands are these? These are Christ's hands. These are Christ's feet, Christ's heart, Christ's body. We are his body. And so in this first reading, it says, listen, and now, Bless the God of all, who has done wondrous things on earth, who fosters people's growth from their mother's womb. He causes growth, not only physically, but spiritual growth. He fosters our growth. Listen. It says, and fashions them according to his will. May he grant you joy of heart, joy of heart, and may peace abide in you. May his goodness toward us endure in Israel to deliver us in our day. And so God wants to deliver us in our day, meaning in the days that we encounter evil or situations and circumstances don't go in our favor, but to deliver us from an attitude of whining and complaining, an attitude of fear and despair and gossip and hopelessness, to deliver us from fellowshipping with spirits that are not of God. We don't often realize that. There's a spiritual battle, right? And there are evil spirits of pride that want us to fellowship with them, or a spirit of division, or a spirit of anger, or a spirit of cowardice. What is the spirit that you struggle with? Where do you need the Holy Spirit? Where do we need the Spirit of God to come and fellowship with our human spirit to deliver us and raise us up? And there's nothing more amazing than choosing to be thankful when things aren't going our way. There's nothing more glorifying to God 
than to thank him when your feelings aren't there. I thank you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I adore you, Lord. See, that's faith. You know why? Because I'm thanking him in faith because he's going to bring about the good that I need. If we only thank God when we feel it, or if we only thank people when, you know, we're getting something, think about it. God wants us to be a deeper people than that, not just superficial. But we thank God when we're not feeling it, when the circumstances or situations aren't our way, and we thank him in faith because faith releases what? Grace. When I let faith be exercised in my spirit and I turn to my Father and in faith I thank him and I praise him and I adore him regardless of what's happening, regardless of my hardship, I thank God. And the grace of God, the spirit of God, fellowships with my spirit and brings about the good. See, it says in the scriptures that he, you know, that he will bring about the good in our lives. And there's really, think about it, this is where peace resides. If you give people or situations or circumstances the power to rob you of your peace, it's because your eyes are on the wrong thing or on the wrong person. If my eyes are on the Lord, my peace will remain steadfast. If my eyes are on things and people, my peace is going to be all over the place. If my eyes are on people and situations or circumstances, my thankfulness, my gratitude is going to be up and down, up and down. But if my eyes are on the Lord and I'm faithful and I believe and I worship and I adore him even when I don't feel like it in good times and bad, in sickness and health, in rich and poor, until death do us part, if we worship him, keep our eyes on him, we don't sink into the sea of despair and discouragement. Remember Peter when he walked on the water? As long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he stayed afloat. He did what was not natural. He did what was supernatural. But when we take our eyes off Christ and focus just on the natural things around us, we're hopeless. We can't walk on water. But that's what I'm asking you to do. And that's what God's asking me and the whole church to do is walk on water. Live with an attitude of gratitude regardless of the situation or circumstances you might be experiencing. Maybe it's a health problem right now. Take your eyes off the cancer and put them back on Jesus. Take the eyes off your diabetes, put them back on Jesus. Don't give lordship to sickness or despair or discouragement. Or if my eyes are on my marriage problems and I'm fighting the wrong battles, I need to get my eyes on Jesus. I was just telling these guys in the uh, sacristy, you ever not watched a movie called War Room? It's a great movie. I watched it the other night. It's a movie on, about prayer. It's called War Room. It's a beautiful, powerful witness of keeping your eyes on Christ in the midst of the storms of life. Now listen, this flows right into our second reading. I, Paul says, I give thanks to God always on your account for the grace of God bestowed on you in Christ Jesus. How can I be thankful when my husband or wife is crazy or driving me nuts? How can I be thankful when my kids are ready to wring their necks at times? How can I be thankful? How can I be thankful when things aren't going my way? Think about it. How? Think about this. 
Paul's saying, I thank, I'm, I give thanks to my God on your account. Do you think everyone loved St. Paul? By no means. Do you think everyone was like, oh, great, Paul's coming to town? By no means. And we feel that at times in us, don't we? We're not always welcoming or we're not always ready to be thankful because we're not appreciating the people God puts in our life. Listen, the people we should be most thankful for are the people that drive us the most nuts. <laughs> if you understand your vocation to be holy, if you have people around you that only you get along with all the time, you're never going to grow in holiness. You're never going to experience the, the Lord's gym. I always say the cross is the Lord's gym. If you ever see the t-shirt, picture of crucified Jesus, and there's this guy lifting weights. It's like the Lord's gym. We have to die to our pride, die to our selfishness, die to our preferences. Preferences. This is what I want. Well, if we always get what we want, we're never going to grow beyond the love capacity that we have. Muscles need to break down, tear, and grow and become bigger. How's that happen? Resistance. Resistance. Th thank you, Lord, for the people you put in my life that cause so much resistance and chaos. <laughs> That's a dangerous prayer, isn't it? <laughs> when you pray that way, you know what happens? God's like, now they're ready. So then you wake up the next day and you've got a ton of crazy people in your life. And you start whining and complaining. Then you remember the prayer you prayed. And you start to remember that your call on earth is to grow in love. Not to become comfortable, but to grow in love. And yeah, it feels good at times to become comfortable. Don't get me wrong. But God knows what we can handle. He's our trainer. He'll train us to become great saints. But we have to stay in the game. We got to stay on the cross. We can't pull eject every time someone in our life that we don't agree with their light gets into our lives because that's where God wants to work in your heart. He's teaching you how to love, how to praise, how to adore, how to offer a sacrifice of praise. See, there's no sacrifice in just hanging around people all the time that you like. There's sacrifice in that. But there's sacrifice in choosing to be Jesus even when the person that you're with isn't maybe being Jesus. Jesus never ran from sinners. He ran towards sinners. And so that's our hope today. That's why we're thankful. And so this is not what you're going to hear on the news. This is not what you're going to read in, you know, Cosmopolitan magazine or any of these magazines as you check out at the checkout counter. They're not going to teach you this because this requires faith. This requires an understanding of our vocation, our baptism, who we are to live with an attitude of gratitude, regardless of what's going on around us. And when things aren't going well, we still praise him because we know that God's working through those people to stretch our capacity to love. And one day when you die, you're going to wish you put more crazy people in your life <laughs> because those are the people that teach you how to be Jesus, that teach you how to imitate our Savior on this cross. Unless we die with him, we cannot rise with him. And so we must learn to love like this if we want to rise in the power of his resurrection. There's no resurrection without Good Friday first. So I want you to think, next time you're having a Good Friday, remember there's an Easter Sunday. 
But to get to Easter Sunday, you got to die to your selfishness and embrace Jesus within you, who will give you the strength and power to love and be thankful. And just a little footnote to the rest, to all of this homily is, that's what the Mass is. When you do those things, brothers and sisters, when we do those things, we're living the Mass. That altar in your hearts, the Jesus in you is offering the Mass through your body. This is my body given for you, oh crazy person in my life. This is my blood poured out for you, my dear crazy husband or wife. This is my blood and body poured out for you. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. And the devil is terrified when you let God love through you in that way. He doesn't want that. That's why he keeps us in the natural. You're going to sink. You're going to sink. Look at the water. Look at the waves. Oh, my gosh, Lord. We take our eyes off Jesus and put him on the problem, and then we start to sink. Get out of the natural. Go supernatural. That's what your baptism is all about. So as we continue Mass on this Thanksgiving Day, we have a lot to be thankful for. But I'd like to ask you to consider being thankful for those things that you might not have thought being thankful for, the things that have called you beyond yourself, the things that have stretched you, the things that have challenged you, because those are the things that have made you more like Christ if we've allowed him to carve and mold and form our hearts.